Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome along to episode two of the new season of the Rugby Pod, brought to you by our good friends at Guinness, as usual. Hopefully, uh, those of you that went along to Liberty Fields premiere in London and Dublin enjoyed it. And if you haven't already seen it, make sure you watch the short documentary on our social channels, uh, or just go to Liberty Fields Guinness. It's pretty, it's a pretty amazing story. So go and check it out. I'm Andy Rowe, Big Jim and Goody are with me as usual, and we're surrounded by a stash in studio as well. We've got t-shirts, caps gym bags so if you fancy getting your hands on some of this uh, just head to 80.club forward slash the rugby pod that's all words 80 the word dot club forward slash the rugby pod or keep an eye on our social media channels and if you're watching the pod on rugby pass or youtube you'll notice we've got a pretty impressive uh, new rugby pod chair that will be filling with guests every now and then as the season goes on as well how you going lads a gym bag got it how's your gym going i haven't been for a week so i've been on holiday but um We'll get to that in a minute. Best week of my life. Jim, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Um, we're obviously recording the podcast a lot later to accommodate Goody's fifth holiday of the year. Eighth, actually, but anyway. Is it eighth? There you go. So we're, we're slightly late, so it's a bit, a bit weird, a bit of a weird build-up, but I had a hell of a weekend. Anyone who follows me on social media, Instagram, you put your best life out there, don't you, of course? Went fishing up in the highlands of Scotland. I would recommend it to anyone. It was absolutely class. I mean, JJ... Yeah, what I, was say, I, I, did, I did see it, and you just took your favourite child, right? You didn't think about the other three that you've got? or Nah, I'd take the easiest one. Just the, JJ. The oldest one. Yeah, went, <laughs> went, favourite, we'll went, call him. We went, uh, went fishing, but I don't normally like to plug too much on here, but I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug Mac and Wild, right? So we've obviously eaten the burgers and stuff like that. But in the north of Scotland, right, we've got, I'd say, a head, headquarters. You need to have a base, Scottish restaurant, ha- have a base. And we've now got a place up there in a place called the Falls of Shin, about an hour north of Inverness where you can go. Uh, they've got some Land Rovers with tents on top. We've got a few kind of tents where you can go camp. It's like glamping. So it's like a safari thing. A uh, safari in Scotland. Of course, that's exactly what it is. Anyway. So I'm plugging it. So if anyone's interested, go and look on Mac and Wild's website. Go and look on their social channels. You can get up there, fly to Inverness easy. I had an absolutely amazing weekend. Did you catch any fish or anything like that? Three trout. Did you? See, someone said to me, are you, are you, you're a bit of a wild man, aren't you, like that? I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I actually, I love fire and I love meat. Yeah, I can't catch the meat myself and I can't make a fire. So You're not, you're not really that wild, then? No, I'm not really that You've wild. You've killed a few rabbits, though. I'm, not, I'm like your modern-day wild uh, man. Under Vern? No, I didn't, well, I didn't kill any. Okay. I just, yeah, I just, just ate them. But yeah, I had a wicked weekend. And Goody, was yours as eventful as that? It was very eventful. You're looking very tanned Thank and you. toned. Yeah. You're sweating. <laughs> I've got to get back in the gym. You've got shorts on. Are they boat shoes? What the hell yeah, are they? Cool, aren't they? Are they loafers or whatever they're called? L- loafers. 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 Yeah, uh, have no. you just stepped off the yacht or what? Uh, no, no. We uh, we came back last night. An amazing time. I was putting out fires. I was putting out fires. So I'm in the pool with the kids. I give them the nanny 15 minutes off, as you meant to do every morning and every afternoon, to go and get me a drink from the bar. So I've, I've got the kids <laughs> in the pool with me. Um, and I'm just stood there, you know... Having a great time. I get this tap on the shoulder. All right, Goody? In an Irish accent, obviously. Oh, he's Irish, okay. It's only Johnny Sexton, isn't it? Johnny Sexton in the pool with his kids. What is he thinking walking up to the back of you? He's looking thinking. At your back. You know, oh, well, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what he's thinking? He's thinking, I need to have a word with Goody because he's a good lad and he knows what he's talking about, but he works with this absolute clown called Jim Hamilton who hasn't got a fucking clue what he's on about. What did so, he say? Well, well yeah, I know last what because you texted me and told me what he said. Well, week, week, I don't believe you. Mate, week one of the pod, Jim straight in there, knife out. He ain't having it. I'm not having it. He, he ain't all that and all this stuff. He's not fit. He's always going down injured. He's, you know, he's not their first choice. And luckily for me, as I said to the missus after I've had a, my first chat with Johnny, we had ice creams and stuff later on. I said, thank fuck I stuck up for him. Because you wouldn't have thought you do the pod, saying what you think. And then a few days later, you're in the pool with the, all the kids and he walks up, taps you on the shoulder. And we had a good chat and he, he basically... Said Jim, he's a big listener of the pod. Clearly. And you are fucking clueless. And I agree. I just had to agree with him, to be honest. <laughs> well, we will see. Hopefully, Goody. And I said last week, hopefully, he, he does prove me wrong. He has been one of the best players in the world, hands down. But I, I genuinely think that that's, that's my opinion. And as, as harsh as it is, and I've spoken about it before, I hated being judged as a player. Hated it. But usually they were right, but I didn't believe that they were right. <laughs> Isn't he fair game now a little bit more because he was World Player of the Year? Well, it's one of them, isn't it? He, he's currently World Player of the Year. Um, he's Ireland's most pivotal player, I think, in, in terms of the way the team runs. And yeah, you have a drop in form. Every player does. And he has injuries. And I spoke to him about his injury. He broke a bone in his hand or something at the end of the last season. And he said it was just innocuous. But he's fine. He's 34, looks good. 
He had the old farmer's town on because they've been they've all been training out in Quinta de Lago. And uh, then how many grey hairs has he got though? Seriously, so he's, he's looking at your hair, your rug on your back. I did see him. He kept looking up at the at the forehead, going, "Is that real? That looks good. That looks <laughs> is good. that real?" Um, but yeah, no, he's, he, he looks good. And he's, I, I spoke to him. On him. Yeah, he's good shape. He said he's thirty four. Feels good. Um, he's thirty four. Didn't yeah. know. Him. I said that, I that said old? to him, mate, what are you now? Thirty two. He's like thirty four. So he he knows this is his last big chance. He's going to play on. Hopefully, and, and see if we can get on that next Lions tour, and then that will probably be him. But it's, it's, it was really nice, actually. Kian Healy was there as well on their day off. Uh, Sean Cronin, he's got twin boys, absolute carnage. Really, my How two, old are my they? two, are really well behaved because I've got a nanny. You think? I think, yeah, the nanny says they were really well behaved, but uh, but yeah, all good lads. Um, my favourite moment of the uh, holiday though was playing. I call it headers and volleys. I think it was more headers and bellies with Teddy Sheringham. What oh. a legend he is. Oh, oh Jim. <laughs> Teddy who? Teddy Sheringham. What a legend. Yeah, cracking time. Really good. Put on a bit of a weight, so uh, probably have to go back to the gym this evening. Did you uh, manage to catch the England-Wales game while you were over there? I did. How bad? Again. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> seriously. I was, do you know what? I was sat there watching it, thinking of what Jim said the week before, and thinking that Jim actually sometimes knows what he's talking about. It was a horrific game, wasn't it? For me, and again, I'm going to reiterate my point. They shouldn't be test matches. These games don't really matter massively. They obviously do, but I just think to call it a test match and to give players caps, yet the the level of rugby on show was crap. Yeah, it was pretty dull, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, but it's what. But it is what it is. It's preseason warm up yeah, games. Exactly, isn't it? preseason warm up games at any level, they're never that good. You know, you think internationally a little bit better, but you know they're not going to show their their full ha- full hand, are they? And for Wales. To be fair, it was probably a must-win game for them, having what happened last week. So, you know, we all know they're a good team. You've got two very good teams going for it, but I'd say 70%. What do you reckon? Yeah, at best, at best, 65 maybe. Yeah, I'd say 68, 67. Um, He's good with numbers now as well. Hell of a maths teacher. (laughs) I have developed. I've evolved. I'm loving it. I can feel it. But then, I mean, you look at the game and you can pick out things that the referee, I thought. Well, I mean, well, tell was he on the that. field? Tell, tell the Moors that, that's all I'm saying. That's a story for maybe later on. But the, the way that the Mall is refereed now, and I used to love the Mall. I, I still do love the Mall. But what you can get away with now, swimming up the side, collapsing them when the Moors going forward, it's just, I actually don't like watching it, which is bizarre because that's exactly what I used to do. That's all you could do. That's all I could do, effectively, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it was... Like you said, the malls weren't refereed. The ruck, he's just stood there looking at it, not saying, not communicating with the players. Anything was going. It was literally as if it was a preseason game, and it was refed by a coach or something. You know, you know, like you'd be training for your clubs or whatever, and a coach would be actually the referee, and he, the coach would be trying to just ping the defensive team because it's a defensive drill or trying to get. It was like that. Like players were lying all over the place. No words were being said, and he was just so inconsistent. There's the big argument about the try, which actually, you've seen World Rugby have changed the law now, or amended the law. He was right to let it play on, but it, it common sense would say that Anthony Watson's going off in the line of where the overlap is for the yellow card, which incidentally I thought was a yellow. You've got Willie Hines, you know, why that wasn't looked at with Ken Owens just flying into a rock head first. You know, that's a penalty, at least. You know, talked about last week, we've seen uh, Gavril Org from France get banned. We can talk about that after. I can't um, believe didn't spot it, but there we go. But then you go, you know, you, you know, we talked about Barrett's red card last week. Um, Ken Owens, is, he's flown into a, a ruck head first. Yeah. I, so you've got a player on the field, on the floor, HIA going off, Anthony Watson jogging off. Common sense would say, wait till everyone's off the field. If the replacement's not ready, okay, that's your own fault. But they've amended the law now. But the fact that Watson was going off where the kick went, and it's not sour grapes because Wales deserve to win. Um, and actually, the, the the try was legitimate. Best thing about the try was Ken Owens' reaction on the on the wing when he's been absolutely burgled by George North. Well, does he want the ball or not? Is he like? I think he's just. I think he's thinking, "Thank fuck that he scored." <laughs> That's what he looks like he's doing. Imagine if George North drops that. So it's falling straight. The kick is for Ken Owens. No, oh, what do you mean? Yeah, Ken Owens is hugging the touchline. He's holding the width. He's poached it, and yeah. rightly so. Oh, well, oh, that's what wingers do. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, there's no other reason. But I, I, look, I, I tell you what. What a difference when Farrell and Manu came on. Yeah. 100%. I mean, well, this, this like, that, that shows you, doesn't it? That's like, for me, they're the two star players for England, hands down. Well, the other thing I was going to say, you're looking at England's attack, and yeah, George Ford played very well last week. Our attack was blunt until those two came on. Yeah. 
if Farrell and Tuolangi go down, we ain't winning anything. I agree. We've got a chance with those two. Of course we have. Are you surprised that Ben Teo signed with Toulon and brought himself out playing for England again? Well, I spoke about it last week. He has been a big game player. If you're a Worcester fan, livid. And again, I've spoken highly of Teo before, like from rumours that I've heard that when he's been injured, he trains exceptionally hard, does his rehab. You know, he's he's very professional in what he does. But if you're a Worcester fan, and Worcester, let's be honest, have struggled for the last few seasons. They've got Hogarth, you know, and they've got him as probably, I, I don't know financially, but they say they're marquee players. They're two kind of standout players. Taylor's never played for him. Well, the, the, this is the thing with it. Some of it can, can be circumstantial. I know he had these injuries. You know, some players are, like Jim said last week, test match beasts, test match animals that, yeah, we used to joke with players at Leicester back in the day that would be fit, have an injury, would be fit a couple of weeks before the England squad gets announced, play for Leicester, get picked for England, go away again, come back, injury, doesn't play for the club until the next Six Nations when he suddenly gets fit again. And some of it can be circumstantial. So, you, you know, I feel for Tio a little bit in terms of a Worcester fan saying, oh, you know, being abusive towards him because you can't yeah, help injured, injuries yeah. if you're injured, sometimes. You're injured. But, you know, Worcester by no means have got any value for money from him. And obviously, with him signing for too long, that rules him out of playing for England. Could Eddie Jones call him up if there was an injury? I'm sure Eddie Jones would if he re- if he thought, you know, Manu goes down and needs some ballast in the centres, then... I'm having him. But I also think that Eddie said to him, you're not picked because you scrapped Mike with Mike Brown and probably filled him in. Uh, we're not having that in the squad. So by him signing for Toulon, has Eddie Jones said, you're done. That's it. So why shouldn't he go and sign for Toulon for 30 grand a week? Rightly so. But what the hell has happened between him and Mike Brown? It is on lockdown. I ain't heard anything. And normally, there are whispers. So it must have been bad. That's what makes me think. Yeah. It must have been bad. But it, it started... Uh, some old tweets and old Instagram posts popped up from a couple of years ago when they were having a pop at each other. But is that just banned or not? <laughs> There's obviously, I think there has been some bad blood there before for one reason or another. And then you get a couple of beers down you. you, know, hey, the you truth know, comes out, mate. Mate, you know you might not be in the picture. Wallop, you're having it. The truth comes out, mate, that's for sure. Well, that result in Cardiff has lifted Wales to world number one for the first time. And we are going to chat to one of the most important players for the Welsh uh, heading into the World Cup. Ross Moriarty's on the line. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Mate, we're very good, mate. First and foremost, um, how's the old man? <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, he's enjoying his agency work, so it's a bit different to coaching. But no, I'm happy for him. He's really enjoying himself. And uh, whereabouts are you right now? Because when we rang through, it was a foreign ringtone. So on holiday again? Yeah, uh, not quite holiday. We're just uh, we're in training camp, but it's a day off today, so I have to peel myself off the sunbed. <laughs> Tough gig. Where, where's the training camp, mate? Yeah, it's in Turkey, so 40 degrees. Oh, Turkey. That is a stag do because they're world number one. How, how good does it feel to be world number one at the minute? Does it make any difference if the lads been talking about it, as Warren said much? Obviously, it's, uh, yeah, we're all really proud to be ranked up that number one spot, but we all know the end goal is to win the World Cup at the end of the day, and that's where we'll uh, we'll judge ourselves. Mate, me and Goody have been talking, we spoke over the last couple of weeks about, it's probably a bit harsh really, but it's, it's true, it's, it's the opinion. The warm-up games are probably, well, they're definitely not at the test match level that we've seen during the Six Nations and stuff. How have you found that? I mean, last week was a tougher game for you, obviously won this week, but a player that's at the cold phase of it, how have you found the standard of the two games? Obviously, you know, it's like coming into your first pre-season game. It's hard to sort of emulate that top-of-the-world game. And um, I think that first one, we were a bit down and our emotions were quite low. And I think that definitely showed. But on the weekend, being back in the millennium and um, obviously having a lot of talkings too over the week, I think we were emotionally there and it showed. And then just looking back, obviously, Grand Slam champions and now, obviously, we've we, we talked about it, but world number one in the rankings. There's an, an air of expectation from outside of perhaps the camp now that Wales are massive sort of challenges to, to win this World Cup. Um, what's the chat like inside? Is it just sort of keeping your feet on the ground? I know Warren uh, and Sean Edwards are very motivating people. It, it, there's obviously a, a massive opportunity here for Wales to do something they've never done before. Yeah, uh, you know, over the last uh, year or so, we've been doing great as a team brought a lot of new players in uh, who have done really well and it's been um, it's been great for the squad and that shows now towards these warm-up games you know the, the different combinations we could put together which is what we need in the World Cup because sometimes people get injured that's playing different roles and that's what it's all about so we're just um, keeping our feet on the ground the coaches definitely aren't picking us up they're working us into the, into the ground still so there's no layoff there but 
we're all just not sure to get now to Japan if we get selected. Mate, you mentioned injury there. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about it. Gareth Anscombe last week picked up a bad injury. I can't believe he actually play, played on with when it looked quite bad. But how's that hit the camp? How's he? I know he's had surgery posted on social media, but what's been said around yeah, him? Uh, Gareth is a great boy. It was really sad to see him have to have an operation and um, you know he's going to be off quite a long time. But I spoke to him after the game. He said it felt fine. But you know, it's uh, you never know. You can walk on the pitch and walk off, think everything's all right, and next minute you're out for eight months. But um, you can't go into these games with a like mind. You have to throw everything into it, otherwise you will end up getting hurt. And that wasn't the case with Gareth, but you can't hold back because the coaches will be seeing that in selection as well. And then, obviously, uh, looking at the Welsh squad, there's quite a few characters in there. Um, you're, you're away on a stag do now in Turkey. One of my favourite players I've ever played with, uh, Bradley Davis. Um, <laughs> yeah. How much is he moaning at the 40-degree heat out there in Turkey? <laughs> well, he's been called my older brother, so I have to room with Brad. So, um, yeah, me and Bradley, we, uh, we room together. Obviously, we know each other very well. He actually hasn't come out in the sun yet today. He said he's going to wait until five o'clock this afternoon <laughs> when the sun's basically gone. So, yeah, he loves the heat. He is pasty, isn't he? Mate, well, most Welsh people, Goody. Um, so, talking about most Welsh people. So, Ross, you are fully-fledged Welsh now. Uh, obviously, we chatted last time that you grew up through the England system. How is it? You're obviously past the, the weird stage of play, play, playing against England, playing against lads that you've played in the age groups with. But how was it, you know... England being the biggest game probably on the, on the calendar for most most teams. How is it for you personally facing them? Oh, you know, obviously, like I said in the past, it's great to come through the system with England and the opportunities to give me. But as you know, you know what I'm like. I am, I am fully Welsh. And um, it's always a big motivator for me to play against England and obviously to beat them because I know what it means to the people. So, um, obviously, it was disappointing last week, uh, week before last, but weekend just gone it was a uh, it was a great feeling and then a little bit on dragons as well i can't remember if we had you on before you signed for dragons or or after but a few changes there dean ryan's obviously at the helm but for you personally um how are you going to find that playing in the pro 14 it'll probably give you a bit a bit of respite uh to be fit for the internationals as you're coming into your prime um i'm not too sure what this will be like after the uh world cup but we've uh we've met with dean and he seems like a really good bloke and i know he has really good intentions for the club uh we've made a few signings obviously sam davis uh being very key in that and i'm just, I'm just looking forward to see what we can do and you know, it's always exciting. I didn't get to play too much last season, so this year I'm definitely going to be uh, putting my, my best in and more. And then obviously, uh, you can just come back to your roommate, Brad Davis. Um, is he still having his can of Coke for breakfast? Can of Coke Zero Cherry, or is that something that Warren's beating out of no. him now? No, Bradley is really strict on his diet, actually. So I think he may have been doing that a few years ago, which I may still do now. But um, yeah, I definitely see myself turning into a bit like him. <laughs> Well, mate, all his teeth are falling out now, mate, so there's no wonder that he's not drinking it. Um, last question yeah. as well. You're going well off the field. We're seeing on Instagram uh, the new business that you've started. Um, track Athletic, I'm right in saying, or is it just Track? Yeah, yeah, Track Athletic. Cool, yeah. mate. I know. Talk, talk us a little bit about that. Firstly, have you got a Fat Boy Slim t-shirt for Goody that make him look good? Um, and then secondly, just tell us a little bit about it. I know it's kind of building a bit of momentum before you launch properly. Yeah, I think uh, we may be struggling for Goody at the moment. Oh, come uh, on, mate. I've lost a star and I've put on two. I'm sure, sure we'll be able to sort something out for him. But, yeah, I've got quite a few friends that I've met in, uh, when I was over in Cheltenham uh, who were involved in some clothing companies. And, you know, they, they're great boys. They all obviously want to wanna make something and do well for themselves. And I was happy to help. And, you know, it's like rugby doesn't last forever. And if this can be successful for me, then I'd be really happy with myself. But I'd rather try it. If it fails, it fails. But if it goes well, then I'm really happy. So, you know, it's, uh, it's something I'm taking a punt at. And then how will people find you? So if they're looking to, to get involved or looking to buy some some stash, how do they get, get you? Um, the website's up and running, I think, this week. So um, track, track Athletic. UK. Obviously, Instagram's a big one for us where you can just search it and it'll come up or go onto my Instagram and that'll be the link in the bio. So, yeah, everyone everyone, get onto it. Mate, you're looking lit on Instagram anyway. Yeah, it looks it's good. Lit, it's lit the word. Yeah, lit, 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 lit the, the word. word yeah, can you, can you do a T-shirt that's baggy, yeah. baggy around the belly and tight on the arms? I'll be That'll be... A good fit for me, I think. I, I can sort something out. I'll sort something out for you, Dorian. Good man. All right, Ross, thank you so much thank for joining us. Uh, congratulations on the right. world number one ranking and uh, best of luck for the World Cup, mate. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. Cheers, Ross. Hello to Sars. Cheers, mate. Thank you, Jim. Cheers, yeah, I will. Come on. Good lad. Mate. Top man. Good lad. Ah, it's great to have him on. They're in Turkey. You mentioned the world number one before we go back to Ross. Who's bothered? 
but clearly they well, are because yeah, well, he just men- mentioned it. There's sure. a lot of press about it. There yeah. is, yeah, but I don't, maybe because there's nothing else to talk about. Well, it's it's one of those things, Jim. Wales have never been world number one since in the world rankings. The All Blacks have had it for ten years. Ten years, yeah. To some people, it's just a number, but I think it's a massive achievement. While it means very little to some people, I think it's a huge statement in terms of where they're at and where this World Cup's at. The reality is the All Blacks, okay, they came back and absolutely pulled Australia's pants down at the weekend, but they're vulnerable. And they've been head and shoulders above every other international team for the last 10 years, pretty much. So credit to Wales, credit to Warren Gatland. It's his swan song. You know, we all know what's happening after the World Cup. Um, they are banging there with a chance. You know, some people say, I think Eddie Jones made a comment about they don't play attractive rugby or something like that. Who cares if you're winning? Right, exactly. They're Grand Slam champions. They're going to World Cup and here we go. Every, everyone is talking about it. All the press are talking about it. They're even talking about Ireland now having a chance to go number one if they can beat England. That's weekend. because the rugby's been so crap, so there's nothing else to talk about, Andy <laughs> Rowe. What have you been horrible for? <laughs> but I mean, Ireland could go number one. That would be a huge achievement for them as well. Well, they ain't going to go number one. Johnny Sexton's sipping... Mojitos in Mojitos. A, sw- a swimming pool in Portugal with Goody and Sean Cronin's walking around with his belly out sunburnt with his two kids. No, he's in good nick. Sean Cro- mate, I, I really? looked at him, honestly. So I looked at him and I see Sean Cronin and Kean Healy. Tell me, Sean Cronin like, doesn't look like a spider. No. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't see what was downstairs, Jim. I just saw sh- in their shorts by the pool. I'm looking at them both going, there's not an ounce of fat on them. And you can't compare me. Short, you can't There's compare. me, belly out everywhere. I'm just looking at, you, you look at now, you, and Jim, when we played, and you don't want to hark back to when we played, there were players as a 10 that you go looking for in a, def- in a defensive line and go, right, we can manipulate him, we can move him around. There ain't much of that anymore, is there? Because all these front rowers are absolute athletes. Mate, you can't say that Sean Cronin and Kean Healy have similar physiques. Mate, Sean Cronin's in good nick. No chance. I'm telling you. No chance. I'm telling you. Right, okay. I'm seeing, well, I've seen him tops off. I need to see him. I need and to I was see hiding. him. Did oh, you I saw, or not? I saw him tops off and I was hiding underwater. That's what I'm feel, saying. Did you feel a little bit embarrassed? No. Like, well, my missus was there and I was like, you know, I used to play ball, honey. Goody, why are you wearing a t-shirt in the pool? Why are you wearing a t-shirt? I'm sunburned. I'm sunburned. I didn't, sunburn. I didn't, I didn't, have, I didn't have a t-shirt on once, but uh, the shape on those boys is, um, you can see they've trained hard this summer. It's frightening. Well, you mentioned a lot of the island guys are on holiday at the moment they've just named their teams what they, have you- they weren't on holiday they're on training camp and they were given a day off their families flew over so Johnny Sexton's wife and his two kids Keen Healy's wife was there and uh, Cronin's missus with their twins the teams for this weekend yep what have you made of them so far I think they've just come out well Sexton is wrapped up in cotton wool why? after why? after Carvery's injury well I thought he's fit I thought it was Ryan Scobie told you there he is but you ain't playing your most important player in a warm up game against England when your backup 10, who is pretty he's touching cloth, special. He? He's touching cloth. And, you know, whether he's going to be fit or not, I don't know. He might be fit at the latter stages of the World Cup. So, you know, they give another boys game time. Sexton's wrapped up in cotton wool. I it's, pro- it's probably because me and Sexton got on the all day absolutely buckled around the pool. Sean Cronin wasn't drinking, nor was Keen Healy. I don't actually, I tell the truth. Johnny Sexton spent most of the day under the sun lounger. Absolutely so, steaming. On, on the sun lounger. <laughs> In the shade, watching Ruggers on his phone. He loves it. No, he won't. I promise you. Cause... Oh, that's what, yeah, looking at Ruggers. Like, yeah, his finger's flicking up at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> he's trolling Instagram. That's what, that's what his missus said as well. He said he's obsessed with it. But you, you look at the iron selection and they've gone bar Sexton, pretty much full noise, I reckon. Yeah, the back line with Lama and Kearney and Ringrose and Aki in the centres. Stockdale, me odd. Oh, he's got his oh. horse on the wing. Um, I thought it was because he's cold. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, they are... I wouldn't say after redemption, but let's not forget what England did to them in the Six Nations first game. And they haven't been the same team since, have they? No, they, they haven't. Went, they went from beating the All Blacks in the autumn to first game of the Six Nations. England went over there and tramped them. Um, so he's gone full noise bar Sexton. Who knows what we're going to see, though? Yeah. I mean, it could be, you know, it could be one of these team run style games. Ireland have still got Wales back to back after this. Um, you know, you just don't know what's going on in, in teams' heads. I've got no doubt by going pretty much full noise they want a big performance and it's probably going to come down to Devon Toner coming off the bench friend of the show dropping a goal to win it he's back is he he's back fit on the bench yeah you, you look at England's selection as well um, yeah huge talking point there in uh, George Ford starting at 10 Owen Farrell moving back to 12 yeah that's something that Eddie Jones has gone away with Jim shaking his head he can't believe it well it's not I don't want to get into it it's because again we're going over old ground well wow. no, it's new ground now because it's come back it's like your fashion sense Jim yeah, the '80s is back, isn't it? And and you are rocking retro, it. Yeah. Well, retro, mate. Um, Why don't you like it? Farrell's a ten, in my opinion. 
That's that. That's it. He plays 10 for his club. He never plays 12 for his club. He plays best when he's at 10. And for me, I don't think Ford is the best 10 in England. So that's that's my opinion. He's a, he's a, he's a brilliant player. I don't think he's England's best 10. I think he's England's third best 10. And Who's second? Cipriano. Mate, what are you going on about him for, mate? That's gone. <laughs> that's all gone. All right, mate. well, okay. So, I, I, you know, I, I support England as well. A lot of people think that I don't. Like, you know, listen to my accent. I'm putting it on now. I, I'm, you know, a little bit English. But I want to see England do what I've got mates in that. Well, people that I call mates, they probably don't call me mates. Ex work colleagues. Ex colleagues in that team. I want them to do well. But I also want to see the best England team out there. Like, I want them to challenge. I think with Farrell at 10, they've got to do that. But they've got injuries, haven't they? So I, I think Slade's injured. They're looking at Manu maybe at 13. He'll probably play 12. So they, they don't want to show the hand, do they? It's inter- it, it, it is interesting. He, Eddie Jones, you know, Mako's back on the bench. You'd pick him as first choice loose head prop. Uh, obviously, Joe Marler's starting. But apart from that, you're looking across the team. Maybe Mark Wilson, who's just coming back from injury as well, would be in this team. But bar the forward selection, and then you can question Cockner Singer on the wing whether he's first choice, because Jack Knoll would probably be first choice. Eddie Jones is going full noise here. So Apart from three? the selection, back three is Elliot Daly at fullback, Johnny May on one wing, and Joe Cockner Singer. I'm going to say I love Elliot. Absolutely love the bloke. Because now me. he's a Saracens player. You hated him last year. No, you're no. like, what's wrong with him? What's the matter with him? What look, his attitude stinks. Uh, and that's what I'm about to say. I still don't think that he's at the level that we've seen Elliot Daly in years gone by. Correct. So for me, I love the guy, but I don't know if he's hands down first choice. Well, no, with Watson coming back, I know Watson isn't. How good was he, by the way? He was very good. And but, how good is that to see, having had a horrible injury? Yeah, and back to back as well. well what's he... wrong with Elliot at the minute? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe because he was so good. But he didn't seem happy. Oh, that, that's his persona. We've, we've talked about this before. He is on the field. Like, he always wants the ball. He always, that's his character. And it's it's one of his strengths as well as some people look at it and go, you know, he's someone that gets frustrated too easily. That That is his drive to be the best he can be. Um, the same with Farrell sort of thing. Farrell loses his head sometimes because he is the boss and on the field and, you know, he wants high to dictate standards, everything. Yeah. And high standards. So, yeah, well, England... Are pretty much gone for noise as well. This, the big talking point is obviously the selection with Ford and Farrell at 10 and 12. Is it something to do with Slade still being injured? I think it is because I still think your best back line for us would be Farrell at 10, Slade and, and Tuolangi interchanging in the centres. As mentioned before, George uh, Ford is uh, starting for the third game in a row uh, and he spoke to Rugby Pass this week in the build-up to the game. We've had about six, seven weeks together now and um, had some uh, some uh, good sessions, some good time together along the way there. So obviously with the squad being announced uh, last week, that was a proud moment for us all. Um, so we're all very honoured and privileged to, to be a part of the squad. And now it's just about building and getting better. Um, we're very much looking forward to this next game because uh, they're obviously quite short turnaround again and we play a brilliant island team at home this weekend. So... Uh, we'll take the learnings from that, um, from from the last couple of weeks and from the last six weeks of being together, and hopefully get better that performance this weekend. Yeah, look, uh, something I'd be looking forward to. Um, it's uh, it's a position where you're in the thick of the action. You're you're pretty much involved in every aspect of play. Um, it's not too dissimilar skill set wise to a ten. You got to you got to talk, you got to pass, you got to run, you got to kick a lot. So um, something I'd look forward to if if, if the case. Uh, ever um, got to that so um, look I'll be doing bits in training just to, to make sure I'm ready for when for when that happens What did you guys make of what he had to say there? They're putting plans in place aren't they for you know having two scrum ups in the squad he ain't ever starting a game at nine unless a test match at nine unless you know, the other two go down with an illness or an injury that they physically cannot play with half an hour before kickoff. but you know all teams and all top teams talk about evolving in the game and talking about coping with scenarios and situations so Teams train, your scrum half gets simbing, what do you do? You can't just leave it to match day and go, geez, who can put the ball into a scrum or who can pass it from the base? You you work in training on certain scenarios. You know, foul, you're in the bin, you've lost your head again or whatever. Carl Sinclair, you're definitely off. They have all these things that they come into place. And you know, the whole Joe Marler thing, covering tight head, that's another one. But George Ford... Oh, did that come out that Marler's covering tight head? I think he's going to be the third... I thought he was retired. Well, he's in the squad, mate. What are you on about? It's old news, mate. The money came back. Again, I don't know what's going on with these I lads, think Eddie right? said sorry to him, so it's fine. 
Don't forget you can catch all this season's Premiership, Pro 14, Champions Cup and much more on RugbyPass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. Scotland, Jim. Oh, Jim. Oh, my days. Oh, what Japan, Japan will be licking their lips. What, what, why, why are you saying... Scotland aren't getting out of their group at the World Cup. Did you watch the game, did you? Yeah. What do you think then? Across the park, appalling. <laughs> <laughs> You've not watched it. Why would I watch it? Mate, well, like I said, it was a team run for France. It was absolutely abysmal. I was in the Highlands in Scotland. I had midgy bites all over me. Not that if you go, anyone goes up there, they're going to get midgy bites. I, it thought was just glamping. I thought it was glamping. Um, so I was watching it up there and I didn't think they'd win, but I didn't think it would be as easy for France. A couple of things. France looked bloody good. They looked lean. They looked hungry, and they're young lads that played. I saw you tweet saying they looked well coached. They, they did reluctantly. I said it. Uh, Gautier's there now. I'm right in saying, isn't he? He's doing some consultancy stuff with mm. them. I think mm. um, that's just hearsay again. But they look good. They look direct. They look. They had a kicking game. Naturally, Peno looked very good. Their pack looked fantastic. But Scotland were awful. Absolutely it was the Shags, awful. though, wasn't it? Scotland Shags. Mm. Well, he's made, how many changes he made this week? Well, he's made a load, yeah. yeah. So only Hoggies. And it, this week looks more of a start in Scotland team. Yeah, I think. I know John Barkley. Yeah, Barkley played. Yeah, didn't he? he got Judas in the game by um, Gabriog. Gabriog, who basically hit him on the back of the neck, and yeah, he was fucked after that uh, with his neck. But yeah, Scotland worrying really. But again, it's a warm-up game. But I, I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If Scotland didn't do what they did to England in that second half, <laughs> bring the Calcutta Cup oh, home. Oh, mate, old news. Then You're only as good as your last game. Pants, ima- pulled, pants ima- pulled down everywhere. Imagine imagine where we'd be now. So if that game did carry on how it looked like it was going to carry on against England. Eight where, points. And then, yeah, so, you know, the, the performances in the Six Nations and that performance is worrying for me. Stuart Melrose has tweeted in and he wants to know if Gregor has a plan. I think there is a plan. I think that Scotland want to play this high-tempo, attractive rugby. I think regardless of whatever you say, apart from the weekend, when Scotland play, it's usually a good game. Speaking to Barclays... High-scoring. High High-scoring game. Zero defence. <laughs> a lot of tries. There's a lot of tries. Well, one of the things that they spoke about, and this is the worrying thing about the weekend, Scotland's evolution is more of a kicking game and defence. So they came out in the press. Matt Taylor, good friend, great coach, wrote an article like, like the week before they played France and said defence has been their key focus. And... Where France undid them at the weekend is where other teams, like South Africa, like when they've played Fiji in the past, or a Samoa or a Tonga, route one Chinatown. They struggle with power. When the game's open uh, and there's opportunities um, with space, fine, game on. When teams run route one Chinatown at them, as France did in the tight channels, Scotland struggle. But... It's a, it's a whole new team this weekend, apart from Hoggy, who who was pretty good last week anyway, and we know he's world-class, and it's at home. It's interesting. It, for me, it's big, because we will see if France actually have changed. Yeah, and you also, when you look at that, you think, Gregor Townsend is looking at the games he's got. They play Georgia home and away. Your so, man. You're definitely shouting your man and no scraps in training, but you're basically given the fringe, a lot of the fringe players an opportunity to play over in France, where you're probably not expected to win. This is the big game this week. They're perceived close to starting first choice team. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because you, you look at their group now, Ireland, Scotland and Japan. Japan. Honestly, Japan will be licking their lips. And conversely for England, looking at that performance by France, if they go to Scotland this weekend and back it up, we're looking at that going, I'm expecting right now England to win our group. But no, France look good. France man. have got something in them. We pulled their pants down at Twickenham in the Six Nations, but... France have got something in them where they can pull a rabbit out of the hat and, and beat England potentially with some of the power they've got. Racker on the wing. Ridiculous. Oh, mate, how good was he? Yeah, that was, his de- was that his debut? Yeah, that is your man as well, isn't it? Yeah, number yeah. eight. What was number eight called? I, I tweeted his name. Young Aldrete. Lad. Gregory Aldrete. Gregory Aldrete tweeted it. Yeah. Mate, how old is he? He's just a kid. Well, he's a hard kid, isn't he? He's at La Rochelle. Socks ne- down everywhere. Mate, Scrum never heard on. of him. He is keeping Pickapoo out of the team and is, I would say is going to be one of the best players in the world. Naturally gifted. I mean, no pressure then. No pressure at I all. I mean, yeah, here you go, mate. Jim Hamilton on the rugby pod is saying. So it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> We're just following up from uh, that chat about um, France and Scotland. Jim actually caught up with the back row from Scotland and the captaincy candidate John Barclay for our Superfan subscription service at patreon.com recently. And we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now to give you a taste on what's on offer. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. People very rarely talk candidly about the emotions that you have 
uh, as players and what you have to go through. Like we've gone through your injury and to get to the, the place where you're back now. Um, let's look forward. Yeah. So you're in World Cup training camp, spoke about the level of training that it is, is difficult, but going to Japan is going to be tough in itself with the conditions and stuff, being in a pool with Japan. Yeah. And I, I, I read something a few weeks ago, actually, that Japan decide the layout of their, mm-hmm. the group that they're in. So they can be like, right, we'll play Scotland up first and then they can play Ireland. But they've actually drawn Scotland, drawn you boys against Ireland. And then is it, have you got Japan second? No, we're last. So we play maybe a four-day turnaround. Four days. Or four or five days to play Japan. And that's, like you said, if that's what's you think that they've then selected to have us at the back of the pool with a five-day turnaround. Jesus Christ. And you can imagine what it's going to be like over there. <sighs> it could be bouncing. It'd be awesome. Like, how do you look at that? How do you get, so if you are captain or if, if not, you're going to be vice captain or leader or whatever, like how do you build up into the World Cup? So if you're England, right, they're going into the World Cup or Ireland, we're going to win it. Yeah. That, that is the goal of this tournament. We're going to win it. What else is success? Well, if we make a final... Obviously, because mm-hmm. it's a one-off game, potentially a semi-final. Like, what do you say in the lead? What does Gregor say? Is there any talk of success when you go there, or is it literally your stereotypical? We'll take each game at a time. And there's a massive build-up as well. You've got four warm-up games, two against Georgia. You bastard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine going to Tbilisi. Will you? D- I've never been before. I've been. But the, the whiskey and the vo- well, sorry, the vodka's great. There's no whiskey there. The the Russian vodka. Not that you'll be drinking there. <laughs> But Jesus Christ, the four warm-up games, what's said in training? Um, there, there is goals being set. I, I don't know if I, I can say them, but um, I, I think we're at the stage now where it's, again, I'm very wary of giving away that, um, I guess, predictions. If people want predictions, they want head, and it's because people want headlines, and they want to, and that's when you look like a bit of a knob if it doesn't go the way you think it's going to look. So, um but when I play for Scotland now, I believe we could, every game I play, in, like, like we're going to win this game. So by simply saying that, you're effectively saying your goal is to win the World Cup, just by the matter of what you're saying. So which a few years ago would have been laughable, but yeah. you, but you can see why now. Because but we've beat we've beat Ireland over the last couple of years. We've beat England. We've the only top team we've not beaten is New Zealand, and we played them at uh, Murrayfield, and it was a great game, and it went down to the wire. So it's like, well, I'm not making any predictions here. But equally, I believe we can win each game we're playing. So you do the maths. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. There you go. And if you like the sound of that, just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod and sign up to get loads of extra interviews and features for just a few quid a month. Let's uh, have a look at some more social media questions. Johnny Howard, as it stands, which Northern Hemisphere team is most likely to win the World Cup? Wales. Jinx. Well, I mean... Based on the uh, the world rankings of um, them being number one, <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know who's going to... I'm going to say South Africa going to win the World Cup, but... You know South Africa's not in the Northern Hemisphere, James. Yes. Yeah, no, I was just about to say that. I was just about I mean, to you say... Weren't, you weren't. It was, was a Jimism again. No, I've been to South Africa loads of times. I know it's in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys think Wales? Or, like Goody said... England. If France rock up against Scotland's first team this weekend, bar John Barkley in the team, I'm going to say France. Because based on that one performance, they looked bloody good. I don't know why I've gone off England now. This weekend is a big game for England now in terms of we're now starting to see our best team play. And he's tried out some of the fringe players in the first couple of games and some of them did exceptionally well. You know, you look at the... we talk, You talked about it before. You look at Scotland's last game in the Six Nations against England, that second half. The feeling after the Six Nations for England was it was a disappointing campaign which started so brightly against Ireland. So, you know, we are in the mix. Let's not make any bones about it. Ireland are in the mix. If they get their mojo back that they had when they beat the All Blacks, Wales can win it. Scotland got no chance. So you you both said Wales at the start. Why them ahead of any other Northern Hemisphere team? I just think, um, with Six Nations, Gatland effect. And this is the next step for them. They've not done much. I know they made a semi-final. Yeah, against France. Against France, um, 2011. This is the next evolution for them. They've got players in their prime. Anscombe's a, a big loss, although I'm a big, bigger fan. Get it? Yeah, well done. Get you? it? Get it? I'm a bigger fan. The, the thing about the Welsh is what, they're very comfortable in how they play and what they do. Um, you know, Eddie Jones has tried to go with them a little bit by saying they're boring or whatever. They know what works for them. 
the issue that Wales have got as well is Ireland have beaten New Zealand in recent years and looked very good against them. Twice as well. Okay, and put in big, big performances. Uh, and Wales haven't. Yeah. Have Wales beaten Australia? Did they beat Australia yeah. in the autumn? They yeah, did first that, time. First time. Yeah. In donkey's years. So that's the thing. So they're consistently against, let's say, New Zealand, Australia, who they're likely to face along the way if they're going to win the final. And that could be the sticking point. Whereas Ireland, we've seen them beat the number two in the world, albeit probably the best team in the world still in New Zealand. But the, the tough thing for, you look at the games, and Ireland, if they win their group, or if they come second in their group, they play New Zealand or South Africa in the quarters. Massive game. So that they've got to do it potentially the hardest way. And I, funnily enough, going back to my holiday, oh, what a place, Kenta de Largo is. But I was chatting to uh, Johnny Sexton's wife, and I hope she doesn't mind me talking about this, but we were chatting by the pool and... Um, her first comments were, I hope Johnny doesn't turn into that when he retires as well. I bet her uh, first comment was, what are you, double D? <laughs> but she, I said to you, I said to her, you heading out with the kids to Japan or you heading out, maybe leaving the kids at home or what's happening? She's like, I haven't booked anything yet. She's like, let's not forget, Ireland have never got past a quarterfinal. Yeah. Miss Sexton knows. She knows her ruggers. She knows the ruggers. Um, so there's so many, you, know, you can easily just pick out a team, but... Um, the beauty of this World Cup at the minute is right now as it stands, it's going to be the most open World Cup on on record, I think, of, of who could win because there's been huge favourites going into every World Cup we've seen over the last 12, 16 years and they've all won those World Cups. Jeff Boland has tweeted, uh, the home nation's playing too many warm-up matches before the World Cup. Four warm-ups, then seven competitive ones to win it. Will injuries take their toll? Well, we've seen that. Mentioned Wales. Ross has been on the phone. Do so you think they're playing too many? I mean, rugby is a tough sport, and we we know that we've said that if the teams are naming the thirty-one man squads before, there's going to be more injuries. I mean, the Southern Hemisphere are playing the same amount of games, aren't they? And they're more competitive. Mm. Yeah. So as well. you know, you know, do you, it's the whole thing. You see an injury like Anscombe's, and you go, "Why are you playing these games?" But you need to play some games in a warm-up to get to a World Cup, so you're ready to go from day dot. Of the World Cup, you know, England play Tonga in the first game, then New Zealand play South Africa in the first game. Some massive games. We need to be primed and ready, as every team does. And the only way to do that is by playing ruggers. You can't just train the house down all the time. Um, you need to be playing, and, and players will get injured. It's, it's part of sport. It's part of rugby, isn't it? You can, you know, still there'll be England players that have been selected in that thirty-man, thirty-one-man squad that may not make the plane because of an injury, and that's for every nation at the minute. Rock Run 85 has tweeted in, I'm heading to my first ever match at Twickenham on Saturday. Any tips on where to go and what to do? Yes, the Cabbage Patch. We did a feature for, we'll say the world's best pubs with Guinness and the Cabbage Patch was number one. So I was there this week interviewing the landlord, Stuart. And if you've if you've got the right tickets, you can listen to me hosting a Q&A with Steve Thompson. I'm going to be looking forward to being on stage with someone in worse nick than myself. You guys are going to be... So, imagine the sweat between exactly. you two. Mike Lamb has tweeted, what do you make of Will Skelton still reportedly being in contention for World Cup selection when he's not in the squad at the moment? Pick him. Game changer. You think he'd be fit though? Saracens are getting him fit. I think he came back unfit. We saw at the end of the season, like I said, for me, the form second row in the world. For Australia, he could be the difference if they get him in. You've seen Czech has made some big decisions. Nick White, my old Tash. He's off social now. He's not on Twitter. I tried to see if he was following me still. You know, Has he come off? Well, he's not on Twitter anymore. Well, who was it? Tim Horan said he wanted uh, Czech to relax. Gitto Law. He did a piece this week and said the Gitto Law is the, what was it, 60? They needed Gitto for that World Cup. And they yeah. went, whatever, Gitto. however many caps he's got, that's the law. <laughs> you know, but he's right. You look at Safka now. Safka tried to go down that route for a couple of years and say we're only ba- picking home-based players, and now all of a sudden, change of coach Erasmus comes in and goes, "If you want me to win a World Cup, I need free reign to pick who I want," and it works. And look at them now; they are contenders. So you know, I get why you do it in a World Cup cycle, but when you've got players like Big Willie Little, Willie Skelton, you know Nick White, as we've seen, they've, they've moved heaven and earth to bring him back in terms of the contracts and all that stuff. You want your best players playing at a World Cup if you're head coach. And that's uh, what Saracens are, are all for it. You know, Argentina, Juan Figalo, Figalo, Figalo. He's, he's going, isn't he, as well, with Argentina. So Saracens are making sure if there's an opportunity for Big Willie Little, Willie Skelton, they'll make sure he's in decent shape and he'll be going. Just looking at Argentina picking overseas players, Issa and Cordero have both, both missed the cut. I have no idea how Issa has. Uh, Cordero as well. What a name. Imagine being called Cordero. Jim Cordero. 
Yeah, what's his first name? Do we know? Santiago Cordero. Santiago. Santiago Cordero or Jim. But no, you look at it. How Argentina, who haven't won a test in about 50 years so far, have not picked Facundo Issa. What a name that is as well. He is a worldy back rower. And Santiago Cordero. I'm amazed that they're not in it. world class, mate. Mike Gray has tweeted in. Wants to know what you guys think of Haskell getting into MMA. Well, you're a big fan of MMA, aren't you, Jim? I am a big fan, and I'm also a big fan of Haskell. I've mentioned it before. He is the poor man Jim Hamilton, I should say. <laughs> All I'm thinking, you, Jim can go into it in bigger detail. All I'm thinking is you best be hard, because those boys are hard, right? I don't want to be the guy that says you can't do it, and fair play to him. Everything that he does, he does full noise. Haskell, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing, mate? Seriously. Like he can, naturally you're going to take a knock playing rugby and you can take knocks and he's a big lad he's got a big head he's he's ripped to shreds but mate MMA at Bellator where it is absolutely mongrel there like these lads are he's going to be heavyweight and they are absolutely ginormous fair play to him if he I mean surely they'll match him up with someone at the same level what as in no level exactly <laughs> It's like when Freddie Frintoff went into boxing, wasn't it? Some of those boxing fights yeah, no, were, no. were a joke, but, that, but yeah, you can get you can get killed in that. Mate, Bellator is is proper. Mate, he's going to have to bant them out of the ring, isn't he? <laughs> if it's a bant off, he's, he'll, he'll win it hands down. But, I, don't, I don't think that's what happens in an I don't MMA think ring. So. No, I, I wish so. him all the best. Um, and he's a braver man than I would be. I, hey, I worry for him though. This is where hashtag your man comes into it because he gets in there. I'm screaming your man because I ain't going anywhere near an MMA. Octagon. The good, the bad, and the ugly is brought to you this week by Budgie Smuggler UK. We're designing our own custom Budgie Smugglers this season, and we asked you for your ideas and what we should have on them. So thank you for all your suggestions, uh, even the really weird ones. We've narrowed it down to our favourite three. So which ones have, have you gone for, guys? Well, Lockie McCathery suggested the photo of Goody laying down against the fence, basically with the cigarette imposed. And loads of pies or mince pies. I don't know what they were. Yeah, he's he's a big listener to the podcast. So yeah. big shout out to him. I like played him. the house he's, down for the Brumbies this year. Yeah, just shows you. Was it Leicester? Well. Was it Leicester? Didn't go well. Went there. He's been absolutely smashing it. Mm. So yeah, I like that one. Jack Portsmouth Nine has suggested a, a French cowboy. Yeah, I don't get it. When French refereeing and cowboy. You talking about or just a general French? Just don't cowboy. get it. I do. Ollie Foss, Jim's face, and Goody's body. <laughs> What are you laughing for? But do you know what they're saying there? Why? Do you, know, do you know what they're saying there? Do you know what Ollie Foss is saying there? Jim's ugly face matches my horrible rig. Man, my face. Or, they're saying I've got a quality rig and Jim's a good-looking guy. So you work it out. Well, I've no idea why. I just don't think that would work. It wouldn't actually. I'm a nine and a half out of ten. Oh, yeah, you're a dreamer. When I was on Hot or Not, when I was younger, I, I was voted nine and a half out of ten. When you were on Hot or Not? Did you go on Hot or Not? Well, I didn't. Someone put me on there. Hey, get yourself in a pair oh. of budgie smugglers. It's like... Deluded. Kryptonite for ladies. If you guys are going away on a boys' holiday to Ibiza, what what would you say? I am out of ten. Three. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say two, but I've never had so much attention from ladies. It's because you had your life. bush hanging out the side. Yeah, they were like, "What the hell? Has he got an animal down there?" <laughs> so the lesson to be learned here is get yourself a pair of budgie smugglers when you go away on holiday, and you'll get more more attention than you probably should. I wanted to get a picture with Sexton in them, but he wouldn't do it. I bet he wouldn't. We'll be asking uh, you for your vote as well uh, on your favourites, so keep an eye out um, on the Rugby Pod and Budgie Smuggler UK social media channels and, and get involved in that as well. So the good. There's a few good bits this weekend. Um, I'm going to start with Nicosi's finish against Argentina. What a finish. And nearly got decapitated as he's diving for the try. Do you see that? In the corner? Yeah. What a finish, though. Dancing around a few players, spins out of tackles. Um, he's a quality operator. What else was good? The All Blacks turning a 21-point defeat into a 36-0 victory Shit, that good. over Australia. I thought Australia looked good first half as well, bizarrely. I thought they were going to win. No, tell me that. <laughs> not won there in years. No, they have not. Uh, but the All Blacks just showing what quality they've got. Sever Reese, how good? Sever Reese, yeah, he's like, a, like he's made of rubber. He's so flexible. Rubber! Um, so they were pretty good. Um, we've got to give it to Wales, haven't we? Number one team for... The first time ever, and not the All Blacks off top spot for the first time in a decade. The good this week goes to the Welsh. Uh, the bad, um, let's go over to Russia, shall we? Uh, but they lost 85-15 to Italy. Uh, it could be a very long World Cup for them. What else was bad? Uh, Pascal Gauzet, absolutely shocking. Just let anything go. French refs. 
Um, what else was bad? Scotland losing 32-3 against France. Pants oh pulled down, yeah, James. Well, I agree. Warm-up game. No, that's the thing. Well, really. It's right, mate. They're crap. All right, mate. It's okay. Right. Warm-up it's game's okay. rubbish. You're not, you're, through, you're not getting out of the group. Um, that was pretty bad. But the bad this week, I'm going to go a little bit left field, away from the World Cup preparations, away from the World Cup talk. I'm giving the bad this week to Yorkshire Carnegie. Air, air. They didn't pay players' wages and medical bills from last season. Uh, we've seen a little bit of unrest, shall we say, on social media from some of the the players that were there last season, yet they're announcing signings like friend of the show, Tom Vondell. Nothing against them signing Tom Vondell. <laughs> Me old buzzer. The buzzer will be back. Um, <laughs> but get your house in order. There's guys that have got mortgages to pay that didn't get paid last year. Pay those debts first before signing players... Who else they signed? Ford, Joe Ford from Leicester. It's just not good for rugby that. They should have perhaps, there's a load of chat that they should have perhaps been deducted a load of points and been relegated. Richmond got relegated from the championship um, and they're putting a complaint in to the RFU. But Mate, the championship's it just in ain't on. It just ain't on. Um, so the bad this week goes to Yorkshire Carnegie. The ugly uh, goes to Paul Gabrilorg. Six-week ban for his headfirst charge. On friend of the show, John Barclay. Pretty shocking, that was, I thought, to be fair. But it never got picked up. That was the thing. It must have been on a world feed. Barclay said, he didn't moan that much, although he moans away from the pitch. He asked them to look at it because he got smashed. I saw it. Yeah. And then they looked at a clip, or they, the TMO must have looked at a clip where Barclay was involved in the tackle on Camel Shat. <laughs> Best name. <laughs> and was involved in the tackle on there. And they, I mean, he can carry he can carry ball. That's he's all I'm saying. He, he, is, he is shatting on people left, right, and centre. <laughs> and he never picked it up. Yeah. And that was the thing that I thought was a bit harsh. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't want to open up players on the pitch and, and get them simbing. But it was I, I saw it and it looked painful. Yeah. One that Nigel Owens, best ref in the world, missed. So the ugliest this week goes to Paul Gabrielag. Don't mess with our friend of the show, John Barkley. Yeah, don't mess with John. Get it? Thanks, Goody. And you've got a shout-out to finish with, haven't you? I certainly have, yeah. Tom Stevens has messaged us saying that a friend of his, Ben Pearson, broke his leg playing for Ealing Trailfinders last year and has had to have the lower half of his leg amputated last week after 13 unsuccessful operations and a number of infections. He's a big fan of the show, listens to the pod every week. Uh, He's hopefully going to work hard through rehab to get himself out to Japan for the World Cup, which he booked prior to breaking his leg. So we're sending you our best wishes, Ben. Stay strong, and we hope you get on that plane to Japan and enjoy a World Cup. Yeah, it'd be good to see him at a live show as well. And to be fair, I had no idea that this was the story behind this, even before the podcast. So I I saw Ealing Trailfinders on Instagram posting pictures um, I think Michael Rose Gin Company sent, sent sent him a bottle of gin as well. I had no idea that that's the story behind it. So best wishes to Ben Pearson. Yeah, mate, hopefully see you soon at one of the shows and enjoy Japan. I'm sure you will get on that plane. Yeah, best wishes, Ben. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. And thank you, Producer Tim. Thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Thank <laughs> you.